All right. So with that, let's go to Harry as he All heads right. back to the base with Casilla. Well, I'm not going to interview them in the base because I don't know. Because, like, Gene is reasonably not aware of, like, magical stuff. But he does know that, like, magic can, you know, scry and other some such sort of things. So he figures on the off chance that there's some way that these snake things can, like, you know, alert others to their presence, assuming that they still have some power in the staff. Um, you know, he doesn't want to, like, lead them right back to where everyone is holed up. So he's basically just going to find, like, a nice, convenient rooftop somewhere. Um... Preferably on a building, like an, an industrial building or something like that. So that if somebody does just show up and start wrecking the place, people aren't going to get hurt. Okay. All right. So you and, find uh, yourself... Yeah. Okay. Casita will set up a side um, station and just be like, uh, so do we want to do good cop, bad cop? Uh, let's try a different... I will be the bad cop. Well, okay. I'm gonna, I figured you were going to do that anyways. My host party... <laughs> They introduced me to a great set of American movies. It's called Dirty Harry. Oh, God. Yes. I wish to be like him. He has a very big gun. It is not as big as my sword, but okay. also it is a gun. All right. We're going to have to have a talk about, like, you know, the police and general usage of force. But anyways, and so Gene's going to, like, find a nearby, like, smokestack, and he's going to, like, tap the staff. He's going to be like, wakey, wakey, snakeys. Who is there? Who disturbs our slumber? Yeah, uh, two of the people that kicked your asses, what? Fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> and then the other one, no, fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> so, I'm your prom um, date, you ugly sack of shit. Fucking devil, DMC devil may cry ass conversation. <laughs> So, Gene, this is going to go on back and forth until you decide to intervene. Yeah, no, Gene is just going to be like, Casilla, please. And he's just going to, like, tap the staff against, like, like rattle the staff a little bit and be like, Hey, listen, uh, we had some questions that we want you to answer. And I feel like you're probably going to answer. Answer them or I will break your legs. And I, like, like nod and, like, look at, I'd look at Sation and be like, bad cop. <laughs> we have no legs. Oi! Oi, 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 I'm the one asking questions here. Do you have legs? No! Oh, okay, sorry, you can go. <sighs> okay, well, so, we managed to stop your little possession camp for the homeless, but what the hell did you guys need that giant tub of acid for? Wait, wasn't the acid the guy's blood? I don't think so, because otherwise Casilla would be dead. Wait, what? Because you, like, you bisected him, so if Vorgon's acid was blood, like, you'd be covered in the stuff. You would have been covered in the stuff. Unless I was really good at dodging. Nah, but it was, like, a cool anime cut, so it actually... Yeah. So, ah, so yes. she cut through, and then after, like, a second after, he got cut open. So. Yeah, the, the wave, the air wave it cut was, him, and then the sword is actually yeah. what parts the blood. It was a kill-la-kill cut, where, like, I cut, and then, like, it, like, went behind me, and then, like, 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 dice, it, like... You know, went yeah. apart. Yeah. You you sheath the sword and they suddenly fall apart. Yeah. Bomb. Alright. Um, so you ask this question and you just hear from the statue. <laughs> Truly you humans know nothing of our kind and what our powers are capable of. 
I know you are capable of dying. <laughs> Bitch. Well, I mean, that's fair. But I figured I'd give you guys the easy question, you know? Like, I was going to ask you about the other lieutenants, but I would have figured a couple of dumb muscle like you would be told anything about that. You're just a bunch of simpletons that they push around for fun. Isn't that right? They are very stupid. Um, they would you never hear... fall for this. Um, uh, yeah, one of the heads just... Uh, and the other No, brother! They are baiting us! Don't fall for it! Brother, do not be baited! <laughs> this is setting up Casilla for a masterful joke <laughs> on Sation's part. Think of the master! Do not be baited! <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, yeah. I mean, but I mean, <laughs> like, you know, I won't belittle your intelligence too much. I was just going to ask you some easy questions, because I, again, you know, dumb as hell. I mean, look at you. You're both trapped in a staff. How dumb is that? Yeah, and one of them. Dumb as hell? Oh, really? Would, a, would someone who's as dumb as me know the identity of the lieutenants in this city? Oh, yes. you're bluffing. You don't actually know that. Come on now. Oh, you think I'm bluffing, do you? Really? You think you think I'm just um, full of hard hair, do you? Yes, you are very stupid. <sighs> what she said. And, and, and the other one? No, brother, no! And so... Uh, I'm gonna roll an overcome check now. Yeah, uh, right. you're, you're gonna need an overcome for this. Alright, Can so, I assist? Um, if you want, you can give me a boost. Hell yeah. How do I roll that? <laughs> um, so, if you don't have an ability that, uh, gives someone a boost while we're in green zone, you can just, uh, like, figure out three dice that you can roll, and then, uh, roll those, and that will, and then you just use, like, a regular boost move. Oh, right, dude, I totally have an ability that can do that for, for, in green zone, but I have to use strength. So, like, mm. I assume that, like, Casilla is in the background, and she's, like, like, flexing. <laughs> or, or she takes the orb, and... Okay, so this is what Casilla's gonna like take the orb and just start like shaking it in front of Station and be like, Are you sure that they are in here? To try and like, like just annoy the shit out of them and distract them even more so that they reveal the, the information. Uh, DM, that's your call. Um, so basically, you're just rattling this thing like a maraca. Yeah, yeah, literally I'm, rattling their cages. I'm, I'm gonna like, like, basically try to just annoy the shit out of them. Like, basically, like, be, like you know, like, uh, from, um, uh, that, what's that Jim Carrey movie? Was like, hey, do you want to hear the most dumb, annoying sound in the world? Yeah. <laughs> and then Casillas is gonna fucking start shaking that shit. Okay. Um, I will say that that qualifies as a boost. Alright. Hell yeah. Alright, so is that a mid dice then? Uh, so yeah, whatever, if you're using the ability with strength, it's whatever yeah. the ability says, and, um, yeah, if it doesn't say anything, then it's usually your mid-die. Okay, um, oh, so it's just my, okay, so it's just my strength, uh, which is a six. Alright, so that is a plus two, uh, and I, and because you gave me a boost, I now get to use my principle of ambition which is uh, I can overcome when someone else has given me a boost. I use a max die and everyone gains a hero point. Nice. And cool. I am going to use... Um, and I'm also going to put my plus three bonus into this roll. He's going all out. Because unfortunately, I don't think I have a power that really helps in this instance. So I think I'm going to do a D4 on that. Uh, but I do use my insight and my D8 status die. 
Um, well, it's a good thing I did that. So that's six. Uh, that is an eight altogether. Okay. So, Kasila, you are shaking this thing back and forth, and uh, the both of you here coming from the statue, a pair of... You know, like, uh, basically, it sounds as though they are paint in a paint can just being shaken to hell and back. Yeah, at uh, some point, uh, like, once they feel like he's giving them a good rattling, Gene yeah. will take it back so that they, you know, can, like, uh, that they're not, like, dazed anymore, but, you know, still kind of annoyed. Okay. And uh, what do you say then? It's like, yeah, you're totally bluffing. I mean, come on, look at you. All you did all day was hang out in some dumb soup. You're basically just a flavoring agent, a thing that that Vorgon guy could push around. Nobody told you anything. Oh, is that right? Well, let me prove you wrong, asshole. The other two lieutenants in the city are Krasarak the Destroyer and Elok the Elusive. They are out there somewhere right now, planning to corrupt more of you pathetic humans and bring them back to the Ark so that we may have an idea of what humans are capable of before we decide to conquer your pathetic world. <laughs> Who's the stupid one now? I think that's still you, Chief. How many chickens there... would it take to kill a lion? <laughs> and like, so takes the orb again and just starts poking it. Now, now, come uh, on. It, it's a totem, not an orb. Yeah, oh. staff. Right. Staff, orb, totem. Hmm. Oh, really? And I suppose you wouldn't, and I suppose that they also told you where they were going to be? And at that, uh, admittedly, uh, no, they did not. All of the lieutenants were supposed to act independently of another, so that... If any plans were compromised, no one from this world would be able to get information. I see. So it looks, it sounds like these two weren't told anything for exactly this kind of circumstance. Yep. They, the higher-ups were smarter than them. So then Jean's uh -huh. just gonna, like, stop and be like, All right, well, thank you. You've been very helpful. No, we haven't. And the other one, uh, brother... You, um, and there's kind of like a whispered conversation back and forth, then FUCK! And then with that, um, Seishin is going to, I'm assuming, like, Brian provided some sort of mute device or, like, some way that we could re-mute them. Yep, uh, there's a there's a little room that you can put your thumb on on the totem. Yeah. Ooh. And C that'll be all, boys. Bye-bye for now. Casila will, like, 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 reach out for the staff and, like, grab it. And then, like, on the trip back, to, I assume, like, bringing it back to Brian the Beyonder or whatnot. Yeah. She's just gonna, like, non-stop, like, at, with the mute button on, just start yeah. asking, like, the dumbest questions, like, of all time. Like, she's just like, mm. if you had, like, a brother and, like, would you want it to be, like, an older brother? Wait, no, wait, yeah, sister. Would you, if you had a sister, would you want it to be an older sister or a younger sister? I always wanted an older sister, and it's just like that the entire time. The eyes are flashing constantly. So yeah, uh, we will bring that back to Brian. I'll text him okay. beforehand being like, hey, I'm going to drop off the uh, the staff with you. They've, uh, <laughs> we managed to find out some information. Okay, cool. And then we'll um, drop it off, and then we will head back to the base. And as please. we're heading back to the base, um, Station is going to give a long talk about, all right, 
part of being a hero is dealing with people that are in heightened emotional states. These are the things that we need to do to make sure that they don't spiral. All right, so let's go to the base where Epimethea is. So Epimethea, you said that you wanted to check in with Nat and see how their progress is going with that magical device, right? Yep. Cool. So yeah, they are hard at work putting this thing together. It's definitely looking more complete than it was a while ago. Not there yet. It'll require a bit more work. But uh, they, it looks as though Nat is definitely making progress. All right. So Brian has been walking me through some things. He messaged me recently saying that he has some things of his own to look over. So progress may be slowed for a little bit, but... I think I am able to uh, install one of two functions on this. The completed version is able to use both, but it's a matter of which you think, Epimethea, will be more important for the immediate future. Hmm. Alright, what are the functions? The first is similar to a sort of radar. It will give you a general idea of magical signatures around Pacific City. Uh, it doesn't specifically indicate what kind of signature it is. That is, it could be a spirit user like Jean, or it could be whatever is going on with Pelicanetic, or it may be a demon. At the moment, we cannot determine what kind of energy it is. That will be something that I will have to install with more work and diligence. But we will know the rough location of any kind of magic user in Pacific City. And the second function? The second function is a bit interesting. It's not so much where as opposed to when. This picks up on very large spikes of energy, the sort that is produced by dimensional ripples. If we were to install this function, then in the event that the demons try to open up portals and send more agents through for another attack, similar to the one that occurred, we would be able to know about it up to 15 minutes in advance. Uh, while the first is useful, I believe the second is probably more vital. Uh, to... A note. We would not know where the dimensional rifts would be opening, but we would know that they were going to happen, and as a result, we would be able to be vigilant in the short amount of time before they arrived. So, advanced warning versus radar. Exactly. Hmm. I feel like while advanced warning is helpful, it doesn't help us if we can't pinpoint the where. I think let's go with the radar for now, and I, hopefully I can use it to take, make sweeps of the city to try and find demons, or at least get a general idea of how what magical things may be in the city. All right, it will take me uh, about an hour or two to be able to set up this radar, but once we have it operational, we should be able to sense any sort of magical signatures within the city. Hmm. All right. All right. Also, I received a message from Carsonon. He wants to have a team meeting soon uh, with everyone once they're available. All right. Okay, and is there anything else you wanted to do, Epimethea? Um, not really. Hmm. Uh, I guess, um, uh, if we're considering this a quote-unquote montage theme, uh, Epimethea will take the time to 
fully repair the Epimetheus unit and go back to full health? Sure, that works. So you, uh, in, in the time before Carsonon gets to the base, uh, you're able to patch up the Epimetheus suit, uh, yeah, buff out the acid damage, and make sure that it's good to go. Yeah. As a reminder to everyone, uh, unless you did something actually useful and functional uh, during the in-betweens, uh, you, uh, sorry, everyone will should regain back up to the next highest, um, the top of their next highest, health zone so if you were in red you go up to yellow if you're in yellow you go back up to full okay all right and uh if you didn't do something useful like shake people down and gain information uh uh or anything else that required some sort of role uh you can spend the extra time that you were um down uh recovering all the way back up to full if you aren't there yet all right neat. Mm -hmm. okay then so uh with that um i'm gonna Sorry, say that uh, just before you go on what were the names of, uh, lieutenants again krazak and mm, just a sec so the names of the two lieutenants include let's see krazak the destroyer i'm posting these in the discord chat okay as well as elok the elusive Surprisingly, Krazerak is actually the one that's really hard to find, and Illok is the one that causes a lot of collateral damage. Hmm. Okay, then. So, with that, um, I will say that unless anyone does anything else, we all meet up back at the base, and uh, Carsonon calls a team meeting. Okay. Well, Mr. Mm -hmm. Your Medium's in the base, so... Alright. I'm mm -hmm. going to... Station's gonna get himself a thing of coffee, and then he's gonna look over at the kinetic on the table. He's gonna pour a second cup of coffee and just kinda hand it to her. Thanks. All right. Carsonon takes his helmet off, and, uh, yeah, Sam sits down at the table. Okay, everyone, so, um... Oh, just out of curiosity, Kasila is with us, so I don't know if Carsonon had revealed the secret identity to her or not. Yeah, um, I mean, she met him out of costume before in costume. Oh, right, yeah, you had that heart-to-heart. -heart. Yeah. Wait, do I... Did I know that the... Carsonon was the robot, and that she's being controlled? No, uh, Carsonon no, is so not that's the robot. A, sorry, I'm thinking, sorry, wrong person, I was thinking. Uh, no, you didn't know that, and but uh, that's fine, because the Epimetheus suit is, in a, is off somewhere else, and uh, the only person here is Delphi. Mm-hmm. So, I've met Delphi, right? Yes. yes you have met, met Delphi, several yeah. times, actually. But I don't know that Delphi is... Epimethea. No, yes. you're still under the impression that Epimethea is a living statue. Yes, okay, cool. No problem. Right. As far as you know, Epimethea and Delphi are two completely different individuals. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna just tell, I'm gonna like excitedly re recite like everything that happened to Delphi. To, us, to Delphi. And, and I'm gonna be like, and then I took my sword and I whoosh straight through him. It was very cool. Ah, that sounds impressive. Was. But was Epimethea cool? Did you think Epimethea was cool? <laughs> you should have been there. Okay, so if we're finished with the play-by-play, -play, I want to talk about uh, some of the things that went on, af uh, both during the mission and what happened after. Station, uh, I'll just gesture like, you know, go ahead. Okay, so... After we all split off and did our own thing, 
I talked to uh, Ty for a little while. Basically, uh, he didn't seem to be dangerous. I took him into the into town. Uh, we stopped off at a diner, and I got him something to eat. Talked to him for a little bit. Basically, um, I'm not gonna lie. There's not really much of another word for it. The kid's kind of pathetic. Like, the demons we've seen up till now are, you know, sinister, malicious, all that sort of stuff. But I'm getting real black sheep vibes from him. Like, you know, um, if this were the North Pole, he's the one elf that would want to be a dentist. Yeah, I got that. That I mean, that kind of tracks with how we ran into him. Doesn't exactly yeah. seem like the rest of his brethren. Yeah, uh, speaking well, of, by the way, uh, there's you might have been able to infer it from what Ty said, but uh, we figured out that there's at least two more of those lieutenants somewhere in the city. Yeah, okay. Uh, what are their names? Uh, according to the two idiots and the staff, we have a Krazarak the Destroyer and then Illok the Elusive. Yeah, Unfortunately, uh, it seems the higher-ups in whatever organizational structure they have were smart, and all of them are working as independent cells. So we have names, but we don't have any sort of information as to where they are. And at, if, as you say this, uh, Sam's jotting this info down on a piece of paper. We don't know much else, but this is a good start. Good job. Okay. Um, aside from that, uh, yeah, basically I talked to Ty for a little bit, and as it turns out, just being nice to the guy and listening to him and stuff like that... I asked him some questions, and he was happy to tell me a few things. So, basically, from what I've gathered about the Chorus, uh, they are a race of demons that inhabit their own dimension. And basically, by invading other dimensions like ours, it's how they kind of reproduce. Um, basically, they find a sentient species, and they corrupt them. In the same, or they call it basically joining the chorus, but to us, it's what happens when they put those spirit things inside people and turn them into like half demons and stuff. Hmm. And after they've done that, once they bring these people back to their home dimension, basically putting those spirits inside them is preparation for this ritual that they do, apparently. Essentially, they sacrifice every single person that they've corrupted, and this generates some type of energy that they use to create an entirely new species for the chorus. You know, we just fought a giant toad and a pair of serpents, and, like, you've probably seen a lot of the demons look very different from each other. I'm assuming that's their, uh, work, and he says that in, like, air quotes, on display. Yeah, basically, like, the reason they're so different is those are the species of different worlds that they've converted over to the chorus. Like, basically, if humans were added in, we'd be something new altogether. Hmm. So basically, this is how they start their invasions. They send in some forces, abduct members of the populace, and increase their own numbers, like getting an idea of what they have to offer the chorus before eventually stepping up the invasion. But from what I can gather... At the moment, they've got a single sort of arc. Like, they haven't they haven't opened up a portal directly to their home dimension. They've kind of set, like, almost like a scouting force, kind of. Basically, an interdimensional ship that connects to our world through the portals, sends people over, and everyone that they corrupt, they bring back to the arc. Yeah, the snakes mentioned the same thing. 
that the uh -huh. Ark was some sort of like staging ground. And yeah. once they got an idea of whether we were worthy, whatever that means, yeah. that they'd step it up. So I'm guessing from the sounds of things that the good news is it's not like their entire dimension is going to come down on us. They've got this like dimensional, yeah, advance party that's sizing us up right now. And if we do poorly or if they attack us and they decide that we're a bunch of pushovers, that's when they'll report back to their home dimension and say, hey, let's scale up the invasion. But if basically I'm guessing that if we're able to find this arc and stop it or send it back to their home dimension, I mean, I can't, I don't know if they'll invade us again in the future, but that's the best case scenario, I'm guessing. Well, there's also what Ty said earlier, right? They weren't, they didn't find us. Someone called to them. Yeah. So I asked, if we can, hmm. so if we can figure out who did that, maybe that's a pretty good way of figuring out where this arc is. Yeah, I asked him about that as well, and he said that the thing about a door is that doors open from both sides, and that not only did they, like, they came here, they always had their eye on this place, but they came here now because somebody called out to them from this side. Well, our short list of people with that level of magical ability is pretty short. Huh. As for right now, after I gave Ty a meal, Turns out he doesn't really have anywhere to stay, so... And Sam kind of shifts a bit in his chair. I'm... Basically, he's crashing on my couch for the night. It's an awfully dangerous roomie you're taking in there, pal. And I kind of give him a look. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but I don't think that dangerous is the right word to describe <clears throat> this kid. What if he's secretly just acting all playing possum? Then I take him out. <clears throat> look... I'm not stupid. I'm going to be sleeping with one eye open while he's under my roof. But, look, the reason that I'm putting trust in this kid is he asked me more about what being a superhero means. Like, and when I brought him back to my place, I showed him my comic book collection. It was like there were stars in this kid's eyes. Like, when I left him there, he's he was basically reading comics for hours on end. Uh, who would dream of being a superhero from reading comics? Carson so what on you're saying is, is that this guy mm -hmm. might be a protege? You're yeah, gonna take um, him under your wing? I'm not saying anything. I'm kind of just giving Casilla kind of just a death stare at her last comment. <laughs> but then I uh, turn back to you. Uh, I mean, it's too soon to say anything yet. Like, w one thing at a time right now, but... Yeah, this kid seems interested in superheroes at the least. He showed me the mask that he had and stuff. Like, I don't know. Well, hopefully he's as, uh, impressionable as he seemed. Maybe he can, uh, well, maybe he can, uh, teach him the ways, you know, show him the ropes. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I've always been interested in the idea of a sidekick, but for right now, I'm just taking things one day at a time. Because demonic invasion, anything can happen. Yeah. Well, all right. So I guess we just have to kind of keep an ear to the ground and see if these two lieutenants somehow make mm -hmm. themselves known. Exactly. This is... I, And Evelyn just got, kind of puts her hand on her forehead. Is there... Like, we have this big surveillance network all across the city, right? 
and I know there are ways to like pick up cell signals using you know radar machines or whatever. Could we talk to Brian about maybe trying to track magical communications or interdimensional communications? Is that a thing? Well, what, like tapping the ley lines? I don't and know. Gene is going to look so incredibly smug from a good joke. <laughs> this is well, really isn't my area of expertise, but it it, it feels like that's kind of, you know, it, if these people are, or things are communicating with each other, like, it would help, you know? Uh, so the, the device that Brian is having Nat and I uh, rebuild uh, has... Um, We've been able to restore some functionality to it, uh, starting with some uh, a kind of magical radar that should allow us to track magic in Pacific City, uh, probably including communication. So once we have that information, we can start uh, trying to find a pattern. Okay, well, that's great. Not bad. All right. Sounds like we've got... a. Um or we're going to get a method at the very least of helping to narrow down where these things might be. But that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. And like, as he says this, Carsonon is shifting in his chair and like, he's looking more serious than you've almost ever seen him before. When we encounter more of these demons, what is the plan going to be for how we deal with them? What do you mean? I mean, are we going to kill them? Well, it's, it's an interesting kind of metaphysical question, right? You say that their whole MO is they, they find uh, other beings and then they infest them or infect them or whatever with this chorus. But mm. do we know if the people that uh, these demons have taken over are conscious at all? Do they know at the time? Uh, like, do they, do they understand what's happening to them? Uh, I mean... From what I've gathered, talking to a couple of people who had been restored, apparently they, it's kind of like a fugue state for them. Like, similar to like being on a really powerful drug or some type of psychotic. They're kind of lucid, but barely. But they're still alive in there. I mean, in yeah. that case, we should try and purge them. And if that doesn't work, then, uh, well... Maybe we I can wouldn't... work with the that wizard guy. Maybe he's got some mumbo jumbo that can uh, split them apart. I mean, yeah. me and Casila can do that. It's oh. kind of a problem at that of time. But I thought that the rookie thing was was uh, time dependent. I thought you couldn't. And Mister Me is gonna point over Casila. You're saying you can do it if uh, one of them's been fused from like a year? Casila has fallen asleep in the meeting. <laughs> Okay, well. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to uh, stand up, walk over, and like jostle Casilla's chair to make her wake up. Oh, I, I, I am awake. Yes. Uh, Team meeting, kiddo. We don't I fall can, asleep. I can separate them with my sword. I do not know if I can do it here. I am well, sorry. That's the problem. If Casilla can't just cut these things. Well, Brian can try, but if we can't cut it out of people, it's kind of difficult to probably remove any other way, no? I, I believe just... we actually have the perfect person to ask, though. Uh, t this Ty um, that you met, yeah, um, he is one of the chorus, so he uh -huh. presumably used to be something else. Ah, uh, yes. Um, yeah, I asked him about that, 
he's not one of the corrupted that were originally brought back with the first invasion of his homeworld. Basically, what the chorus does is they conduct some kind of a ritual and sacrifice everyone who's been corrupted in order to create an entirely new species that they consider to be the true members of the chorus. And then, those individuals create future generations and such. So, Tai is actually the descendant of the original creations made when an entire homeworld got sacrificed for the chorus. Okay, okay so, so they aren't even... This isn't even a necessary thing for them to survive. They are literally just doing it to bolster their numbers. Exactly. So, Apparently, it's part of this weird religion thing that they have. Well, I mean... Um, so, if these... Uh, I mean, yes, any in infested humans we hmm. should attempt to, to save. I'm think what I'm thinking is we gotta find a way to close this connection between their world and Mr. Mia's gonna hold up his hand in like a little dialogue. Their world and ours he's gonna make like a two circles and like a pulling apart motion. You're absolutely correct. We need we gotta to close this door before more of these guys get in here. Yep. We find a way to sever the connection between our dimension and whatever parallel dimension this arc is uh, currently residing in. If we can, we destroy the arc or we send it back to uh, wherever it is that these things come from. But one way or another, we need to stop this invasion. But... Yeah, also, what would we even do with these things? You know, like they're stuck. Those snake things are stuck in a little wooden totem in Brian's basement. Are they going to be there forever? Uh, Brian did not go into specifics about that. Yeah. Yeah, so... and also, another thing, Brian has been really good to us from what I understand, but maybe it's a little unfair of us to be leaning on him so heavily for so many things right now. Right, so I, this is kind of where I was going. If we're going to take prisoners, we need to figure out what we're going to do with them and what what we're going to do with them once we close the portal mm -hmm. or you know once we get rid of the ark yeah. well there is an elephant in the room that we haven't really discussed a group of people that we don't necessarily trust but at the very least have more ways of containing it than we do they yeah we don't know much about the guild right now but they have right, resources yeah they have resources they have methods uh and they have, like, in terms of this specific problem, they are much more well-equipped to deal with this than we are. Because, yeah, they know about magic, which is something that not a lot of us here are very well acquainted with. I mean, what I'm saying is, we just gotta find a way to open a door, and we throw them back in, and then once they're all back, easy peasy, Mr. Uh, Mr. Me close the sand. Close the door. Yeah, and maybe done. we could talk to Brian about that. I'm kind of hesitant to work with the guild, like technologically. Yeah, there are leaps and bounds ahead of us, but mm -hmm. we don't know where they're coming from. You know, like the whole point of us having this round table is so that we can trust each other. Exactly. I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. Yeah, uh, but they're the only other people that we know of because it's not like we can throw these things into just general lockup. No, uh -huh. I mean, <clears throat> there are magic based villains, right? 
people who yeah. are like Brian, but do it for evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys mentioned that in the past you fought something calling the, itself like the Hierophant? I think he's going to be coming back is the problem. <laughs> That's probably not the best uh, example because... Uh, technically speaking, that society's method of dealing with it is a murderer is, like, is basically a a super-powered murderer who goes around murdering people who are bad, who are bad witches. So. Mm. You know, but th- that's a good point. Maybe I could call up the people at Hit mm-hmm. see if they have anything that we could use, you know? Yeah, I, I oh. mean, well, let's I mean, let's be honest. Those two snake guys like if you put them in a room with a bunch of mutants who are also snake guys, would you be able to tell the difference? Fair. Oh, speaking of magic stuff, actually, didn't we have uh, Vindictive looking into that stuff? Did yeah. We? Did we? Oh, yeah. Um, he hasn't gotten back to me. Oh. Hmm. oh that's a shame. Hmm. Look, I'm going to talk to the people at Hit. Uh, I've still got that business card from uh, ages ago. And talk to them about interdimensional research. You know, if they've got any tools or any things that they can let us in on. I'm sure they're just dying to know about all this portal stuff anyways. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe you folks could talk to Brian about, you know, doors. Okay. And and about what he's going to do with the snakes and the totem. Um, Yeah, well, let's see what he can gleam off of that orb first. And then maybe we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well... Yeah, as for me, um, I mean, I was planning on looking into the guild some more, but now that I got a demon uh, crashing on my couch, maybe I could also, you know, try to spend some time with him, maybe see what else I can get out of him. He seemed, yeah, maybe he's got some way of, like, you know, getting back. He seemed to indicate oh, yeah. that he could, like, he could return. He just didn't want to because, you know, consequences. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Sam frowns a bit at that. That's a good question. Like, I've, I'll talk to him. Um, I don't know if it's a matter of not being able to go back or not wanting to, but anyway, um, I'm, he, I feel like he's opening up to me quite a bit, like, it's almost like he doesn't have anybody else from the chorus to, like, have a be a shoulder to lean on for him. I, so, sorry, uh, I was just hmm. thinking, if you can find out more, like, for instance, are is this all the chorus does, or is is this uh, effectively their military? Like, is there a non, like, is this something that the the that these specific chorus members chose? Or is this something that they were, that it was just, as a member of the chorus, you were expected to do? You're oh, God, if, yeah, that, mm. that does muddy the waters. Ugh. You're wondering if they were drafted. Well, not necessarily. I, I mean, is is there much of a society beyond uh, you know, parasitizing other uh, dimension? Like, mm. Good question. Yeah, there, honestly, there's a lot we don't know. Um... Yeah, I feel like maybe finding out more about them is our priority right now, so tell you what, when I have time, I'll spend time with the kid in between patrols and stuff and see what else I can figure out. Mm -hmm. Right. Me and Nat will work on getting the magical radar set up. Sweet. 
I guess me and Kasila can start taking a look around to see if maybe that uh, those two lieutenants are making their presence known. We can start asking people around. I mean, considering that how that Vorgel guy ended up, that Vorgel guy ended up doing something, hmm. surely if we ask around enough, somebody will notice something. Yeah. I like how, by the way, that Sation has basically become Kasila's minder. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, Kasila. Do you want to come with me for the for this mission? And Casilo's like, yes, thank you for inviting me, friend Sation. And then like everyone else behind Casilo's back is like pointing at Sation and giving him like a thumbs up. Is like, good job. Yeah, you you specifically signed up for this. Yeah, well, somebody's got to keep an eye on her. Anyway, so um, yeah, I, I guess the goal. I, we might want somebody to check out the guild though, just to like keep tabs on them i mean um given that your the plan is to look in for the pelican act to look into the the gate uh perhaps having uh having her also suggest the idea of uh maybe hit and the guild working together on this might give us some behind the uh some inside access on their uh at least what they're they're researching Mm. Yeah, or at least, you know, finding out how much the two organizations know about each other. Yeah. Keeping mm. friends close and potential enemies closer? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Mm. Sure, I can do that. Alright. Uh, if you want to dig into them a bit, Pelican X sounds like a good idea. Alright, well, in that case, it sounds as though we've got an idea of what to do next um, until whatever else happens, happens. Yeah, let's hope it's later rather than sooner. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Okay, well, um, I'm going to do a couple of patrols of the streets, then uh, head back to my place. Anybody else have any plans? Keep an eye out, keep an ear out, I guess. Mm. All right. I have been told that there is a 72-ounce steak challenge. I will conquer it. Uh, Mr. Me is actually going to go to Nat and say, Hey... Did you get that photo that I uh, sent you? I did, yes. I did my best to approximate the resolution, and based on what you sent me, this is what I estimate the figure's face to look like. And, uh, yeah, Nat shows you a picture, like a revolving digitalized picture of, well, it's a number of approximations because, uh, you know, uh, basically, the photo from the Instagram wasn't perfect. It was late at night uh, while chaos was going on, moving target and stuff. But yeah, basically, um, all of the photos that Nat show you, it seems to be a guy maybe in his mid-30s or so, good amount of stubble, mean-looking face, like square jaw just looks like a brick shithouse of a human being. Wait a minute, that's Jasper Monday! Okay, well, uh, now, now that I've got the image, I'm going to save it, yeah. and uh, I'm going to go uh, uh, look around for this guy. Hmm. All right. Well, then, I wish you the best of luck in that. Thanks. Mm. All right. Yeah, so Mr. Medium's going to go, or is he, he's going to just start going around checking contacts on the streets. Okay. All right. Have you seen this man? <laughs> Okay, and is anybody else going to do anything? For now, yeah. Um, 
Gene is actually going to um, swing by back to Rustport, and he's going to talk to um, Caruso. Lee Caruso, and, okay. Yeah, basically all he's really doing is he's just saying, hey, so the the people that did the, the things that were doing that shit down in the, the sewers there, uh, we figure that there might be a couple of their friends still hanging around the city. They might also be targeting disenfranchised people because, well, you know, who investigates that? Because, you know, they're easy to disappear and all the other uh, reasons. And Lee, so, n- yeah, Lee just nods at this thoughtfully. They're watching you and just, yeah, I hear that folks uh, around here are good at slipping through the cracks. Yeah, you probably have got a better ear on the ground than I do. I was wondering mm-hmm. if maybe you could keep your eyes and ears peeled. Just in case, you know, you start hearing any rumors. Anything that you can uh, pass on to me, I'll investigate. Make sure that everyone there is all right. Yeah, okay, they give you a nod at that. Hey, you got it, man. I'll give them a, like, you know, if you need to get in contact, just, like, you know, head to the museum. Um, We'll be able to sort of pass things. uh, So I, I basically tell them that if they need to get in contact with me and they don't, and it's not urgent, just, like, put something in the fan mail slot and we'll get it. Uh, otherwise, see. yeah. Uh, otherwise, the um, I'm trying to figure out how he could possibly like do because I don't know if he has a cell phone or not. They, they, they don't. I don't know if they have a cell phone or not. So I'm like, if it's something urgent, um, if you start, if you head to the inside the museum and you see the gateway that Epimethea uses, um, basically start waving your arms around and gaining attention. Uh, well, one of us will show up pretty soon afterwards. All right, I'm good at gaining attention. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, sounds like we got a plan then. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll let you know if anything comes up. Until then, you find another one of those demons, you kick its ass for me, okay? Uh, I was planning to. Stay safe, Caruso. You too. And anybody going to do anything else at all off the top of their heads? Uh, not uh, other than working on the magic detector? I don't think so. Okay, well, that is actually what I wanted to discuss with you next. So, Epimethea. It's getting pretty late, like maybe around 11 p.m. or so. At the This is the time, you know, when you and Nat are putting together this magical detector. And by the time you think you've got everything set up, Nat um, is examining it closely. And they just give a nod of satisfaction look to you. Well, I think that if we were to start it up now, it may work very well in our favor. All right, let's do it. So you activate the device, and rings around it begin spinning, and lights begin projecting out. Like, sh- it's, it kind of reminds you of, like, imagine when you're looking up at the sky, and there are no lights from the city, and it's just like you see just the clouds of the Milky Way and all kinds of stars and stuff. You see that, but you see little dots and pinpricks here and there, um, across a an expanse like this sort of plane that you imagine would probably be like the geographical terrain of uh, the rough area that is uh, around Pacific City and stuff. And you don't see any buildings on this thing. You're thinking that maybe this uh, detector doesn't factor those in or anything, but um, yeah, you are kind of getting an idea of where these dots are, and um, given the topographical details surrounding Pacific City, Epimethe, you begin to mentally map out what uh, everything and where it might be, um, you know, corresponding to 
everything else. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, so she'll definitely, um, you know, uh, hmm. try and f look for, well, first look for any sort of large concentrations. Um, yeah, you begin looking around, trying to concentrate on large concentrations, and you see uh, there are um, about quite a few, like maybe about five or six or so in one location, but you also see a number of other dots nearby moving in the direction of the first cluster. Huh. And uh, that... Yeah, Nat notices this as well and is looking at you. Should we be concerned about that? Uh, probably. The, um, I would say the... Hold on. Uh, so, I think he's gonna try and, like, approximate based on her knowledge of the geography of uh, Pacific City, like, where the, the stationary dot is. You pull up a map of Pacific City, like the Google Maps version of it, um, and you do your best to try and correspond what you're seeing on this magical radar with the map. You think that you might have to tweak things a little bit to set up your own version so you can more accurately do it, you know, at uh, tense moments like this one, but you get an idea of a rough area of where it is, and the location is, the location is what catches your eye, Nat notices it too, and they say, Give me a moment. I'm going to check to see if anything is, if any cameras in the area are picking anything up. And they go silent for a moment, and then they blink once, look at you. Oh my. Uh, we should get the rest of the team uh, on the message channel immediately. Something's going on at the underground fighting arena. And that is where we will leave it for tonight's session, and we will pick things up again next time. Awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. That was a great nice. session. Okay. Well, until then, listeners, have yourself a fantastic night. Stay safe and stay healthy. Good night, everyone. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.